Have you ever done something that you wished you hadn't done and regretted afterward? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all say yeah. <laughs> and wish you could change it. Change it. Yep. Wish you could take that back. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> and uh, I think this is what we find these fellas in a position tonight in Matthew chapter 27, verse 62 to 66. We might extrapolate some truths from here and some thoughts that are parallel even for today because let's not fall into the same trap that they did in not reading the times in which they, will, they lived and what was happening around them. We've noticed last week that the Lord is assigned to his sepulchre, the rich man's request. Praise the Lord for the two of these men that made this decision to follow the Lord. The rich man's request, his request is bold. We see his respect for the body of the Lord. We saw that and his reverence is befitting. And we looked at those things last week. Tonight we see the ruler's request. We saw the rich man's request. Now the ruler's, religious ruler's request in verse 62 to 66 let us pray uh, thank you lord for your your word and though it's 2000 years old it's still as relevant today pertinent and pointed as it is to the needs of our lives and to the attention we ought to give to it and the details in which we can look and find things that we rejoice in well thank you you've not let, left your children in ignorance and you don't want ignorant brethren, you want informed believers, informed children. And you said you would you did tell your children what these what these things what things would be, what things would come. And Lord, you have done that for us. Thank you. And Lord bless the preaching and teaching of your word here and in every other place that it is open and shared tonight. May it be a blessing. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Let's read the portion, verse 62 to 66. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, remember, we remember that this deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error, notice that way, what they said, the last error shall be worse than the first error. <laughs> yeah. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. All this was, this was under the providential hand of the Lord that they did what they did. They requested what they requested, that it might be so evident that the resurrection happened. They did it. <laughs> they asked for it. And so <clears throat> what they recalled, we see under the Sanhedrin's problem, 
the rulers' request and the Sanhedrin's problem, what they recalled. Uh, I wonder what these wicked religious rulers thought when things that have just happened that we've been looking at in chapter 26 and 27 happened. The strange darkness came for three hours. Now, we talked about the soldiers thinking about these things that happened, but what about the religious leaders? And I think this is shaking them in their boots. And this is, you know, what, what's really going on here? <laughs> the darkness for three hours. An event that hadn't happened. Well, the sun had stood still before, but the darkness that came for three hours, that's, that's different. They knew their history, the Old Testament history. The earthquake that rent the rocks. These people would have been in these old brick buildings that do survive earthquakes better than our new buildings because the, the bricks we've got now are only so wide, but they're, 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 they're not bricks, they're boulders <laughs> flattened off and they can move quite some. But the earthquake rent the rocks, what were they thinking? Did it rattle them? <laughs> Did it make them think? I think earthquakes, tsunamis, storms, things that are natural like that, people usually say... God's doing it. They've taken that out of the insurance policies, haven't they? In you know, an act of God, that's gone. They, you don't. It's an act of nature, or whatever they would like to call it. But that makes them think of the power of the Lord. The earthquake rent the rocks. These may have thought that the veil was rent in two that they had to stitch up. It was of no avail because the veil was totally torn down by the Romans. A few decades later, the high priest rent his garments, something that they would have taken. To them, it would have been significant, not to us, but they weren't to do that, and he did. Uh, so angry with the Lord he was. The Lord passed so quickly, and his side was pierced. Maybe they recalled, let's turn to Psalm 34 and verse 20. Maybe they remembered the reading of the psalm. You see, God, through the Spirit of God, is able to, to do these things and, and help us to bring it to remembrance. And he might have done it for them too, to bring them to conviction and salvation. And many of the priests did believe after Pentecost. A lot of people were considering these things that happened. And uh, they had time between the resurrection and Pentecost, 50 days to consider these things. Where we go in Psalm 34 and verse 20. He, oh yes, it's, he keepeth all his bones and not one of them is broken. What did the soldiers come and done? They came, they came to the, the, the thieves and they broke their legs so they couldn't support themselves and they died suffocated. Asphyxiation, there they died. They, and they came to the Lord Jesus and they found that he has already passed. He had already died. They marveled. The, this report no doubt would have got back to the religious rulers. In John 19 and verse 33, we read there, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, why was he dead already? What's the significance about that? No man took my life from me. I gave it. 
he gave up the ghost. It, it wasn't taken from him. That, that's interesting. He, he gave his life a ransom for us. And so they saw he was dead already, that he shouldn't have been. He would have been, but he'd, he'd passed into thy hands, I commend my spirit. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. So the prediction of prophecy was fulfilled, and these, these religious leaders would have known what they would have recalled. Maybe they didn't recall all these things. Yes, we have time to sit down and look at the Bible and compare Scripture with Scripture. But he passed so quickly. The Old Testament's saints walking around Jerusalem. Now, I don't know if the religious leaders met and saw these people. What would you do if you'd seen, saw someone from the past walking around? And recognised who they were. And Peter in his mortal body, at the Man of Transfiguration, Peter, James and John recognised who the men with the Lord were, weren't told. They recognised who they were. What would you think? Something's different. Something is happening. <laughs> so all these things they were, they could consider at that time the pagan soldiers even confessing that Jesus must be the son of God they heard also that two of their own the Sanhedrins two of the 70 had taken requested and taken the body and buried the body of the Lord Jesus Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea had buried his body respectfully and notice Back there where we left from in Matthew 27, 20, 62. Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the, and the Pharisees came together and unto Pilate saying, Sir, we remember. You see, they were remembering these things. They were recalling these things. We remember that this deceiver <clears throat> had said... They were paying more attention to what he said than maybe a lot of people thought they were paying attention to. And you never know, folks, when you're talking to friends, when you're talking to family, as you're saying things, what things will penetrate their heart and stay with them that they can't erase. You know, like songs that come to your head, like things that happen. You know, in a situation, one person will remember this, another person will remember that, but the others, I don't remember that, but... You, <laughs> They recalled, they remembered these things, and God was using this. And the Lord Jesus had said many things. If you go back to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40, and the Lord had said this. You know, they, they recalled that he had said in three days he would rise again. It's a shame the disciples didn't remember that. <laughs> Few of them did, but majority didn't. And as Jonah was three days and three nights in the... In the excuse me, in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And the men, men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. So they remembered some of these things. Maybe that one in chapter 16 and verse 21 of Matthew 16, 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day 
I remember. Now, whether they were there, or one of them that's there, or someone told them about it, these things could be recalled by them. Chapter 17 of Matthew and verse 23, where we read, And they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again, and they're exceedingly sorry. But there is mentioned that he would be killed and he'd be raised again. They remembered this. Chapter 20, of verse 19 of Matthew. 20 and 19. And shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall, what? Rise again. Huh. And chapter 26 and 61. Close to where we are. 26 and 61. And said, this fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. And this is quite close to the death of the Lord when this occasion occurred. This happened. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is that which these witness against thee? And <clears throat> so... These things were evident. These things were still ringing in their ears. These things were still coming to their mind and heart. Listen, when God to you speaks through his word, listen, remember, and say, what is the Lord saying? What is the Lord teaching me? How can I walk closer with him? Don't be like these people that harden their hearts and try to, try to cover up do a cover-up job and so our error is worse the second than the first and there are many other references we could go in the other gospels but we won't so he recalled that they said that this deceiver this deceiver when i read that i thought hmm, they're going to believe the deceiver and reject the true one they rejected the true one here but one day They'll be hoodwinked by the deceiver and they'll make a covenant, as it says in the Old Testament, with hell. That is, with the devil himself, the, the, the Antichrist, in the future. They said, this deceiver. Well, who really is the deceiver? Let's turn to John's, 2 John, verse 7. What is something that's going around today that a lot of people are talking about, and particularly the politicians? about the news they call it what sort of news fake fake news deceptive news they the commentators are now giving you the their interpretation of the news not the news <laughs> just give us the news we'll interpret the news and for instance how wrong they get it today when mr trump ran for office what were the fake what do they call them fake news is doing <laughs> he's not going to get in the Democrats are going to get in. He's going to be trumped. <laughs> what happened? He got in. What happened in Australia? Not even a word that the Liberals would get, that the Conservatives would get in. Fake news was saying no way possible. What did he do? He got in. What just happened in England? Fake news. <laughs> the, the left was saying, no, it's not going to happen. It's going to be a slim majority if he gets in at all. 86 or something seats he got in by. <laughs> the fake news, the deceiving, the deception that's going around in the world today, let's be careful because the, 
Well, the wicked one is working overtime. And he's not just working in the world. He's not just working with those that the reporters. He's working in the church to bring fake news, false news. Check it out before you say it's true. <laughs> now, this deceiver, well, here in Second John chapter, oh, well, chapter 1, of course, verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus has come in the flesh, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. That's the acid test, the basic one. Do they say that Jesus is the eternal Son of God? If not, they're a deceiver. Chapter 4 and verse 1 of First John. Behold, uh, beloved, believe not every spirit, but what do? Try the spirits, whether they be of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. By this know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And if they don't, they're not of God. Don't be deceived by them. Chapter 2 of First John and verse 18. It warns us not to be deceived. <laughs> the Lord isn't the fake deceiver. <laughs> The Antichrist is little children. It is the last time, and you have, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Shall even so now there are many Antichrists, by which ye know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been with, of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. And sometimes, folks, when people move out, it's better they go than stay because they may be those that the Lord is removing from the midst of either the fellowship of churches or within churches or within families. Be careful that it's not a deceiver you follow, but it is the Lord himself. And what do they confess? Do they confess the Lord? Um, <clears throat> We could go to many others and talk about fake deceivers or fake, fake newsers that give the wrong perception. Even in the early church, these things were happening. Uh, Revelation 13 is, talks about the Antichrist there. Over in the Old Testament, talks about him there. Daniel 7, 25. Daniel 11, 21. Daniel 7, verse 8. There, the deceiver of all times. These people were calling the wrong person the deceiver. They were saying Jesus is the deceiver. They got it backwards. But when, as we've said before, when the Antichrist presents himself, the world will wonder. They will wonder with great wonder. He will deceive them through his miracles that he does. Professing Christians will follow him. He will do miracles and wonders, signs and wonders movement. And he will do that and deceive the world. Even intelligent people will be deceived. You see, fake news is not going to get any less. It's only going to increase. It's only going to increase. So have a discerning spirit. Don't be like these and get the wrong person as a deceiver. Was Christ ever a deceiver? Never. Never. <laughs> this deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. <clears throat> 
I haven't got time. <laughs> I wrote a heap of things down this afternoon. As they should have known in their day, with all this evidence before them, that he wasn't the deceiver, he was the real Messiah. So today, let's be careful to keep our eyes peeled and opened. What they requested in verse 64, command therefore that the, that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. And say to the people, he is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. These fellows were in a panic. In their request, what did they admit? And I read it earlier to emphasize it. The first error. The first error. What was their first error? Crucifying him. Crucifying him. I think they were beginning to tweak. We've made a mistake. Their shocking, terrible mistake of crucifying Jesus. His blood, they cried, be on us and our children. They'd shed innocent blood. And Proverbs 6 verse 17 speaks about shedding innocent blood. Woe to be to those that do that. They killed the Prince of Glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us that. I don't think it's exactly like that, Prince of Glory, but in 1 Corinthians we'll read it, chapter 2 and verse 8. We read, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord, not the Prince, the, the Lord of glory. They would have not, not have crucified the Lord of glory had they known it. They, hadn't, they didn't know it. And <clears throat> what sort of men did these wicked rulers think the disciples were in verse 64? Well, they're going to come and they're going to steal the body of the Lord away and take him by night and then fake news. He's been risen from the dead is what these... You see, what they said the disciples were going to do is the character they were. And folks, be careful that you don't fall into that trap yourself. <laughs> we can. We, we can. We can say things about a situation and paint ourselves into a corner by saying this is what they would do because you yourself in your old man would do that. <laughs> and that's what they would have done. They said these disciples are going to take and steal his body away. <clears throat> what, what were the disciples doing anyway? <laughs> they were hiding. They, they were trembling in their boots. They had lost, as it were, faith and they were scared that they were going to be the next on the cross and they were hiding and trembling. <laughs> and, and remember when the Lord turned up? They thought it was a spirit, a ghost. They didn't believe. They couldn't. They did believe, but at that time they weren't. They were locked away. They weren't doing what these people said they would do. They realized that they were the next ones in line. What boldness came to them after the, after the uh, Pentecost? It's, it's seen in the comparison what they were be, after the crucifixion and before the Lord appeared and then after Pentecost. Totally different men filled with the Holy Spirit and power to go and preach the word fearlessly. <clears throat> they were in no frame of mind to go and steal the body and to try to fake a resurrection. The Sanhedrin's precaution is now seen in verse 65. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way, make sure as you can. 
the permission was granted. <clears throat> ye have a watch. Ye have a guard is what it means. A watch is a guard of four soldiers. What a weekend these boys were going to have. <laughs> these soldiers going to have. Here they are, deliver them. You know, when things happen, you don't know if you're going to be the one there or not. But these were on the spot at the time. They were the selected ones. Um, <clears throat> these fellas, no one was going to tamper with this tomb. No one was going to get this body out of this place. And I imagine when they sealed the tomb, they didn't have mastic and things, what do you call it, silicon now, and sealing the tomb up, they might have put mortar on it. I don't know. Some, some mortar in there to seal the rock that had been put there. Ah, but God had other ideas, didn't, didn't he? <laughs> the whole, this whole process and their careful preparation, this only helped to prove that the resurrection is a historical fact. Because they sealed it, they guarded it, they stood there, they were attentive and alert at the time that all this happened. Uh, <clears throat> they were as dead men uh, later on. Uh, as good as you can. Go and do it like you would like to do it. The means is at your disposal to make it as secure as you can. And the soldiers probably occupied themselves. And they could have been, you know, doing what soldiers do on off time or just sitting around waiting. Disciples, they hid themselves. The women, they were preparing themselves for the embalmment more so than the other two had two disciples had done the lord he was occupied too you know in that period of time between the burial the, the crucifixion burial and the and the resurrection um, because in ephesians chapter 4 verse 9 to 10 well sorry yes it's ephesians 4 let me read that bit to you this is what was going on in the lord's life as his body was in the tomb. I believe this is when this happened. Ephesians 4. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also <coughs> descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is a saying that ascended up above all heavens, that he might fill all things. So this is an in-between time that it seems that he was preaching to the spirits in prison according to first peter chapter 3 verse 19 to 20 that had sinned in the day of noah declaring that his resurrection was imminent that his death had happened and the payment had been made for the salvation of souls and satan is the loser maybe you haven't looked into that check it out <laughs> No matter how hard the devil and his crowd tried to stop the prophecies of Scripture being fulfilled, they couldn't stop it. Heaven above and hell beneath watched and waited that sepulchre. With bated breath, angels gathered in the shadows, as it were, to see if it was going to be so. And did it happen? Yes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us about the resurrection. <clears throat> it tells about the Lord's resurrection and if it hadn't been and if it was and what's going to happen in the future resurrections but in verse 12 now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead how say some among you there is no resurrection of the dead 
Pharisees, no, Sadducees, listen to me. <laughs> That's what Paul was saying in that verse. They didn't believe in the resurrection. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain and your faith is vain. Ye and we are found, yea, sorry, we are found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up, if so be the dead rise not. And if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you're yet in your sins. Then they also who are fallen asleep, who have died as Christians in Christ are perished. If in this life we have hope in Christ, we have all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. As the angel said, come see the place where the Lord lay. He is not here, for he is risen. Well, it's been 2,000 years almost since they committed this heinous crime. And they still haven't recognized their error. Nor have they repented of their sins. Nor have they recognized the scriptures. When I see the Orthodox people over in Israel, where Andrew is right next door to him now, doing their, sitting at their desk. Have you seen the picture that he's got on his thing? And they're sitting at their desk and they're, they're doing this. <laughs> over the scriptures, over the scriptures. And there's hundreds of them, thousands of them doing that. How come it doesn't leap off the page at them? Like this passage in Zechariah chapter 11 and verse 12. And we read it, I think, just recently. 11 and verse 12. And I said unto them, if we, ye think good, give me my price. And if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price, how much? 30 pieces of silver. <laughs> Cast it to the potter, a lordly price that I was prized with of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them into the potter in the same house. Today they're still as blind. They still believe fake news. They won't believe the resurrection. They won't believe Jesus is the Messiah. Yet these verses stand out so obvious that a Sunday school child should be able to understand who that's speaking about. If you go to Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10. They haven't done it yet. I will pour my house. Uh, I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Have they seen it yet? Is the light turned on yet? No, no, no. They're still in the darkness of their sin and their rebellion against the Lord. They've been smitten. If you go back a little bit to Hosea, Hosea, I like, I like this portion. I'm not going to tell you what it means. You can, you can, you can think about it, meditate it on, 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 on this one yourself. But in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 15, uh, where, well, verse 1 of chapter 6. Come, let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. The Jews are still being smitten. 
and in verse 1, they've still been in their affliction. They have been afflicted, they have been smitten for 2,000 years, and they haven't recognized their error, they haven't confessed that he is the Messiah. The entire creation awaits the recognition and repentance and return to the Lord of the Jewish nation, and when they do, the nations will know something's afoot. <laughs> something, is hap something is going on here. It, these things haven't happened. These things are prophetical. It's looking forward to the time that they recognize this. They, were, they sealed the tomb as good as they could, but not good enough because God had other things in mind. Chapter 38 of Ezekiel and verse 23. And I've highlighted these ones because throughout this portion here in Ezekiel, it tells us that the nations will know, that Israel will know that Magog and the isles will know. In, in verse 23 we read, Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Has that happened? No. Nope. Is it going to happen? Why? Because God said so. <laughs> Just because God said so. It's in the word. In 39 and verse 6 of Ezekiel. And then I will send a fire on Magog and among those who dwell carelessly in the isles of the sea, and they shall, what? Know that I am the Lord. When God starts doing what he's going to do to turn his, these religious people, <laughs> but unsaved people, back to the Lord, then the nations will begin to know. In verse 7 of Ezekiel 39. I'll make my holy name known in the midst of my people, Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord. Oh, what a day it'll be when he is known among the heathen. Verse 22 of the same 39, uh, 22. So the house of Israel shall know that I am their God. From that day forward. Uh, verse 27. Then shall they know that I am their God. Speaking of Israel. They haven't looked upon him whom they have pierced. They haven't done that. They will do that. Huh. And uh, 39. Oh, we've looked at verse 7 already. They shall know. They haven't done it. You can try everything to stop God's will happening. They did everything they good that day to stop the resurrection. And good they did. Because it makes it more so that it is evident and true that he rose from the dead. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Praise God, his will was done. Yes, you can try everything to stop God's will happening but you won't, you won't stop it. In your life personally, you can do everything to resist. Give up. <laughs> it's easier to surrender, you know, <laughs> to God because he'll have his way and he'll bring about his purpose in all of the little things in life and in the nation's lives, our personal lives and our church life. Just leave it to the Lord. Know that he will do it. You won't stop it. 
Listen to the counsel of a man, and we'll close with this in Acts chapter 5. Listen to his counsel. And he gave this to these people that made the sepulchre sure, locked it up and sealed it. Acts 5 and 33. The prophecies of God, you can't stop it. You can deny it. You can say it's not true and that's not right. It's going to happen. And it may happen while we're still living. (laughs) Well, earlier when I said I put a whole thing together this afternoon, (laughs) there's things that happened that the world said wouldn't happen, Israel said wouldn't happen, and it's happened. Everyone said it wouldn't happen, and it happened. (laughs) Israel's back in the land. Israel is a nation. Israel is a fighting force. Israel is a feared nation by the Arabs around them. Otherwise, I would have wiped them out long ago. You know, did you hear Mr. Putin boasting? He's got a hypersonic rocket now, and he, they had a picture of it, that can go 27 times the speed of sound. He said, don't worry about meteors, worry about my rockets. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's a pretty good boast. Now, whether he's got it or hasn't got it, who knows? You know, fake news. Can you trust it anymore? But <clears throat> if that be the case, then America and Israel... Were, but if they've got it, why aren't they using it? Why aren't they, why aren't they bombing Israel like they want to and, and wipe them off with a run? Ah, maybe they know they've got something down in Israel that, that, that would stop them. Israel's sort of zip on it. We're not letting you know what we've got. <laughs> but listen to Gamaliel. We'll go back there. This is just a by thought. <laughs> Verse 33. <clears throat> when they heard that, the disciples had preached and said God exalted the Lord to the right hand the prince to be prince and saviour to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins when they, were, they heard this in verse 33 they were cut to the heart and said you know this is another error they were going to commit let's kill them let's kill the disciples they took counsel to slay them then stood there up one in the council a Pharisee named Gamaliel a doctor of the law held in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little while, give them some space. Don't kill them yet. Don't slay them. He said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves. What ye intend to do was touching these men. I can say to the world, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do to Israel. Take heed. Don't touch the apple of God's eye. For these, for before these days rose up Thordius, who, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who were slain all. As many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. Sounds a bit like today, doesn't it? False apostles and fake news is drawing many after them. He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now, Gamaliel said, I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it'll come to nothing. But if God be in it, if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even 
to fight against God. And the folks are fighting against God and what he said in his word today, you can't stop it. <laughs> it's going to happen. No matter if it be a country, an individual, a preacher, so said, uh, a, a person, don't fight against God. Surrender. Humbly surrender to him. Listen to Gamaliel. He gave good counsel that day and set the apostles forth a little while. Don't try to do what these foolish religious leaders did and have paid and the nation a heavy price for 2,000 years. Don't, don't pay for a mistake made, decisions made for the rest of your life because you are fighting against the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. You intend only the best. All things happen for good to them that love God. Let's put down our fists and our, our fightings and surrender to the Lord because we're not going to win when we fight and battle the Lord. And Lord, you're very gracious to us when we do, do so. And you slowly but surely apply the pressure in our lives to make us conform to your will. You're doing it to the nation Israel presently. You're doing it to individuals. You're doing it to churches. I pray, Lord, that you'd apply the right amount of pressure in the right places that they might see that they're resist, trying to resist God whom no man can. You're awesome. You're almighty. You're wonderful, you're merciful and gracious. May we submit and let you have your way in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.